the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years, too many years of getting drunk together, we've decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about our story by going right back to the start of season one, if you've got the time. So we started Be Sober with the vision to connect people living a sober or sober curious lifestyle. We wanted to help people feel less alone and show them that you can still have fun without alcohol. It is possible. Be Sober is actually now the only sober community that has absolutely every single thing that you could possibly need in one place. We believe from the bottom of our hearts that everybody who doesn't want to drink deserves to feel normal. How are you, Lisa? I'm good, thank you, Alex. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Can I just say, just for the sake of the podcast, because I know I've already told you in real life, your hair looks beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. I feel so much better. So I had my hair done last week and I had some blonde highlights in it. (laughs) And then the hairdresser put a toner on them and they went grey, right? And I've prided myself. I'm 42 (laughs) years old and I have never had one grey hair. Went to the hairdresser and she dyed my hair bloody grey. So I put another colour on it. It's now back to being its normal, lovely brunette self. (laughs) So thank you. I actually do feel so much better. It well-aged me that. You know what? It's a funny thing here, isn't it? Because I was saying to you, when mine fades, the red fades, it goes like an orangey colour. And people say, oh, your hair's nice, lighter. But I feel like that. I always think, "Mm, no, it's just faded and I'm looking a little bit washed out and a little bit old. But when I put dark on, it it does. It makes my eyes look better and my skin better. I do feel better. And everyone kept saying, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. But you know, when you just know, and I kept looking, I'm like, no, it's got to go. But then I didn't want to recolor it because I'd spent so much money at the hairdressers. And I'm like, oh, I've just wasted my money. But if I were going to look at myself every day and it and not like it, then I've still wasted my money, Anna. Yeah, definitely. 100%. That's what I said to you though, didn't I? You've got to tell her. She'll want to know that that's not what you want. I know, but I didn't tell her. I just went to a super drug. (laughs) Actually, that's a lie, Morrison's. (laughs) Don't be giving all these shops advertising. I know, sorry. (laughs) Although Morrison's do have a really good alcohol-free range, by the way, so they're all right. Oh, talking about alcohol-free ranges. So have you seen that post today that Heineken Zero is now in the Woolpack and the Rovers return yet on tap? And Rob actually tagged me in it this morning. So I had a look at the Heineken um, Instagram page and I was so chuffed because the way they spoke about it, they were talking about removing the stigma, people not wanting to drink, people having jobs and then being seen in the Rovers or the Woolpack, um, like ordering alcohol and then going to work. So now they'll be able to openly order a Heineken Zero. So for me, this is just normalizing alcohol free, which I'm so chuffed about. It's like the thing that, or one of the things that our community stands for, you know, like we've been doing some coaching um, in the group, which which we do every week, the group coaching, and the number of people who want, 
now they're coming out of kind of this bubble that we've been in for the last two years and entering things like holidays going to weddings going to birthdays and feel really really triggered and these are people who are very very secure and solid in the sobriety but just don't feel accepted so to see that on something so public and so famous it is amazing, isn't it? It's, it's a just big, like, big thing. You know what's really weird? Get one of our stickers on the bars. Oh, that would be amazing. You know what is weird, though? When I went to the Leeds and Wakefield event the other week, they did a sober retreat day, and we went for a walk, and Joanne that was hosting it said, oh, the wool pack's just down the road that features on Emmerdale. So I was like, oh, let's go and have a look. And I had a picture taken with my Be Sober jumper right outside the wool pack. You need to send it to them. So then for that to, then to see that, um, the Heineken Zero going in, I can't believe it, I should have gone in and had a bloody Heineken Zero. Did you not go in? No, we didn't go in because we was having a retreat day at Joanne's. Uh, so we didn't well, have time. But actually, I, I like to think it's because of that picture that they have now chosen to have Heineken Zero. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I've just said hi to Joanne again because, like, apparently she laughed a lot, didn't she, when she heard us? Oh, yeah, but actually it's good night that you need to say. Oh, good night, Joanne. <laughs> night, Joanne. <laughs> a whole episode to listen to, yeah. Do you know um, something else I wanted to tell you about? So this morning on the B-Fit sessions, um, I had the whole, there were quite a number of us on today, about 10 of us on. And I had us all doing Turkish get-ups. I saw the video of this, not our members, um, but the one that you posted in the Be Fit and Healthy group. And yeah, that looks very complicated. It's not when you get going. They actually really enjoyed it because I was a bit worried that I'm kind of just bringing something in that isn't traditional, get your heart racing and so on. But we we talked about being about stability and core work and all good yeah. things. They really enjoyed it. I was surprised. I said, I'll take it out if you don't like it. But they were, they were dead chuffed with it. So everybody's learning how to do a Turkish get up and be sober now. How good's that? We're going around the world, aren't we? We've got Turkish, what are they? Turkish what? Get ups. Turkish get-ups, Russian twists. Yeah, and Bulgarian split squats. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We go, we go around the world at half past six in the morning. <laughs> Even ski. Well, you, you have to I love the skis. <laughs> I do, I love them. Because you've got a good imagination. Yeah, I didn't come to be fit this morning because I've still got blisters on my feet from my... Um, hike this weekend <laughs> tell us about that because it wasn't actually with the Be Sober community but it just it highlights doesn't it in fact sorry I've just flitted again but in fact it was with the Love Her Wild community who we are co-hosting is we collaborating say with yeah for our Be Wild event. And oh my God, honestly, we wanted to tell you all about our Be Wild event, which is running next May in the podcast. So you had a chance to come on our weekend camping retreat and it sold out in 48 hours. I can't believe oh, it. Sorry. It's literally sold out. But don't worry, we are going to have another one in two. It's going to be a yearly thing. Yeah. So the May 2023 one. Yeah, completely sold out, but we will be doing it again in 2024. So we won't go too much into detail about it now. But no. yeah, Love Her Wild is an amazing community. That, and I'm so, so glad that we've found it. And I actually did it with um, one of our ambassadors, Kath. 
who was an original member of Beast Over Manchester anyway. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, it was genuinely one of the hardest things I've ever, ever done. And I'm just going to have to get up on this because before we did this podcast, she was like, oh, I'm going to ask you about your walk. And inside I was like, walk? A walk. <laughs> that was not a walk, right? <laughs> it was so, a full-on hike, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, we did the Yorkshire Three Peaks in the 12 hours um challenge. And it was definitely one of the most challenging things that I've ever done before. But it was just such, oh my gosh, the emotions that we went through. There were tears, there were laughter, there was a bit of whinging from me. <laughs> and I'll tell you though, I've got I've got to say this, and you're gonna be like, what? Kath was on BeFit this morning. No, I know. Yeah, I know she was. I saw it. And honestly, I really wanted to come this morning, but my blister, I've got a blister on the bottom of my foot. And there's no, I'm sorry, that's gross conversation, isn't it? But there's no way um, I could do it. So, so. Did Kath find it hard? I didn't even ask her about it. How rude is that? Kath, I'm sorry I didn't ask you about it if you're listening. You will be. Um, But yeah, how how did Kath find it? Everybody found it a challenge. Like it, it is really hard. I think, um, yeah, like one of the peaks, from one of the peaks to the other peak, it's like 10 miles just to start the next one. So we covered over 40k. No way. Which, it's um, like a marathon, but up and down hills on foot walking and hiking and wow. Yeah. And and the big hills, the, the mountains, <laughs> Alex. I, I gathered that as two peaks. <laughs> No, I and a little walk up a hill according to Alex <laughs> no, and no, I, honestly I, I know I know from what people were saying even though I've not done it myself I know from the comments how challenging it is because people were saying to you as well it's even more challenging than the national weren't they yeah they did and I think it's because one it's all in one day yeah and and the walks in between them, but yeah, it was it was a lot more challenging than I thought it was. In truth, um, you had a sore knee as well, so well done. My, my knee on the second one, my knee really went like really went, and I honestly thought I don't think I'm going to be able to do this third one. And I was sat there, I really had to go through a battle with myself because I didn't want to be stupid and damage my knee for good. Yeah, um, and then I couldn't work it out. I'm like, is is my knee really, really sore? Like I'm going to cause it some damage or it, do I need to get through the pain barrier? And yeah, like, yeah, do you, you know to, what I mean? Yeah, I think, you had to strike that balance. Yeah, did, it was really hard. What was the community feel like and the friendships and the people? Did you make friends? Did you get a lot of support from everybody? Yeah, it was just so lovely to be with just like-minded people. And I think we always said this, don't we, about community. And and I was never into stuff like that. So, you know, like when people go jogging yeah, and they, and they say, oh, I'll come with you. And I'd be like, no, nobody can come with me. I jog alone. I've, I've always found community really difficult, which is so funny considering I'm like a co-founder of one of the biggest sober communities around. But I found things like that really hard and making friendships really hard. So even that for me this weekend was really pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Um, the fact that I thought I'm going to have to have a wild wee and I don't know anybody. 
um, was a challenge for me. But yeah, it was just so lovely. Like because my knee definitely, definitely did go on the second one. Everyone was so helpful. And then afterwards they were like, Lisa, how's your knee? Are you all right? But just the conversations that we had as well, it was just so inspiring to hear people's stories. Like we all do these challenges for different reasons and everybody has got a story to share and I just think surrounding yourself with these people is just amazing honestly it was just really good Alex it was one of the best things one of the hardest things I've ever done but one of the best things oh well I'm dead proud of you genuinely genuinely dead proud of you well done you and well done Cass and well done everyone who did that thank you Alex I am um speaking of stories then do you want to introduce our guest oh I, w- I weren't ready for that. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to talk more. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, because we were talking about community b- before, so I'm going to, I will introduce you in a minute, I promise. Um, I actually, I've got these books and my Thursday group will laugh the reds off if they hear me saying this, because I bought these two books from um, TK Matt's, don't know why I'm name dropping shops. No, what's up with you? Shut up. I know, <laughs> I don't know what's up with Anyway, one of them is inspiration for every day and the other one is positivity for every day. And I'm like, I always, buy these cute little books and then they go on a shelf and I never do anything with them so I'm really trying to get my money's worth <laughs> yeah that's right anyway I opened it up today and every time I do it it always goes with whatever I seem to be talking about and this one the page I've opened it is on create a buzz no it is it's create a buzz <laughs> and it's all about well I'll read it to you um so it says it one of the biggest challenges with meeting goals is finding the motivation to keep going This can feel like an uphill struggle at times, but there are simple tricks that can help you generate energy and excitement to help propel you towards your dream. So whether your dream of entering a triathlon or starting a new business, seek inspiration from others. Talk to your partner about your idea or share your thoughts with a a supportive friend. Chat to like-minded people via local clubs or online forums. Imagine what it would feel like to achieve your ambition and visualize yourself succeeding. Motivation is not a constant thing. It will come and go, but by surrounding yourself with positive people and images, you'll generate the buzz and excitement that will keep you moving towards your goal. It's like it's so true though, isn't it? Because we find this in in Be Sober as well. When you say it, you have this. And it's funny because it came up last night as well. Like some t- I said to somebody, Lisa says, share the bad stuff, share yeah. the good stuff. Because yeah. last night on the coaching, we had some really hard hitting stuff, but then we had other people who were floating around on their pink fluffy cloud. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, I feel a bit guilty now because my my things aren't going that bad or and you know it's really important everybody's story is valid it's all relative to you so your story might not be as what sounds as horrifying as somebody else's but if it's bad for you it's bad for you if it's good for you it's good for you the thing is as well and pull each other on yeah, that's that's what I'm going to say. Sorry, like we we do this on the Thursday lounges, and it is something I always say because you do have this guilt. You know, if someone's sharing a happy story, you don't want to drag them down if you're feeling crap, and that and vice versa. But actually, you know what? If you're feeling crap and somebody shares a really positive, happy story, that can really inspire you. You can be sat there thinking, "Oh my god, that could be me next week or next month or next yeah. year or whenever." 
But vice versa, you know, if you're really happy and somebody's sharing, you've got to think, well, actually, that could also happen to me. So I need to put these tools in place. So yeah, you've and for me, meeting people, and I know we say it all the time, and it's at the heart of what we do at Be Sober is connecting people. And it's not always about the the big glitzy things you know yeah. for me my passion with be sober is watching people have somebody to ring up and say do you want to go up pictures tonight or do you want to go for a walk it's that one-on-one connection as well as the group connection but so you need to be surrounding yourself with people that are on the same journey or get it because you need to be lifted higher if you're gonna hang around now this is your bit alex what do you oh, normally say? Uh, yeah, if you're going to hang around in the barber shop, you're going to end up getting your hair cut. <laughs> yeah, and it is so true. So surround yourself with lovely, inspiring, positive people, which will now lead us really lovely into our into yeah. our guest today. Which is, um, I'm our, excited about this. What? I'm really excited about this. Yeah, actually. I am as well. So our guest is Adam Jablin. Adam is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and transformational life coach and recovery mentor. In 2006, Adam got clean and sober. So that's like 15, 15 years. Yeah. It'll yeah. be sober, which is just incredible. I can't imagine being 2006? Able... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and it was so different then. Um, which anyway, it unleashed many gifts that he had hidden inside. During the most successful years of his company, Adam was actually in the grips of alcoholism and addiction. So he says he knows what it's like to be powerless. His family intervened and Adam's spiritual journey then began. Hi, guys. Hi, Adam. Good morning. How are you? Good afternoon here, but good morning to you. Nice to see you. And you, thanks so much for coming on. We're very, very excited to find out all about you, actually. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. I've been excited to be a part of this. Oh, we're a bit excited and a bit nervous because we've um, we've not recorded for a while, have we, Alex? Well, we really? Been, yeah, we, we kind of took a bit of a break because we, we did um, a whole season around about Christmas in quick succession. So we were doing three or four episodes a day. And it wasn't released until kind of January and it went right through to March. And because it had been so intense, that recording period, we both kind of fell out of love with each other. <laughs> we said, we need a break. We need a break. So we took this little bit of um, a break and we came back last week, recorded on our own. And you're our first guest of the season. So I'm happy to be with you. I actually, so I listened to four of it's so funny when you hear what's going on behind the scenes, right? Because I listened to four of your podcasts and they're really, really good. I never would have thought that. I never would have thought what you just told me. Oh, right? I thought I was going to say, I've listened to four and I wasn't going to turn up today. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wanted to, I really like what you guys are doing, but I was entertained as well. So it's so funny to hear the behind the scenes like that you guys need like, okay, it's enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we both totally have been like, right, let's take a breather. We've been doing lots and lots of other things and still seeing each other very regularly, doing lots of events. In fact, we'd bore you if we told you everything. But um, yeah, we're back. You're our guest and we're really, really looking forward to it. So... Thanks for having me. Do we dive straight in? Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Wait, are we recording? Yeah, yeah. we're recording. Oh, yeah. Already going. Um, so... <laughs> 
We want to know, first of all, if you can tell us exactly how you became sober. Oh, absolutely. So I was intervened on July 14th, 2006. And the intervention, granted, I wasn't Mr. Willing and I wasn't like, oh, yes, like it's, you know, uh, my, as a matter of fact, my intervention went a lot like me looking at them going 28 days. Like I couldn't comprehend that I was going to go someplace for 28 days. Like, to me, my brain saying that's a month, you know, where, where are we going to tell people I went for a month? But there was still that slightest surrender of they even compromised with me and told me that I'd be there for 10 days. It's a 10 day trial, but even within going, and seeing the pain in everybody's face and, and hearing those letters within my head over and over and over, there was some form of the beginning of a surrender and the beginning of an awareness and an acceptance, because if I didn't believe it, I would have not got, gone. Yeah. So July 14th, 2006 is my sobriety birthday. Wow. That's amazing. So that's like what, 50, 15 years? Really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm getting older, guys. Look, I got gray hair now. You know what I mean? When I keep suffering. Don't talk to me about gray, honestly. I'm going <laughs> my red going. It's not That's so funny because we've just actually been talking about gray hair because I accidentally dyed mine that color last week and I've had to color it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I came in, I had black hair, and um, I don't know if you, I mean, you would remember, but, you know, who knows about the audience? There was like, there was not even texting yet. Like there were Nextels. Do you remember Nextel phones that you could see, see me? But um, yeah. So, yeah, when I, when I came into recovery, like it's funny that, you know, how time and time flies, but it, it's totally different now. Yeah. And, and the whole like methods, different methods of getting sober. Some people talk about recovery. Some people identify with being in recovery, just being sober, choice. Also, there's all sorts of different ways, I guess, is what I'm saying, and all sorts of different labels and non-labeled yeah, yeah. ways. Do you um, consider yourself an alcoholic? What does that kind of mean to you, the word alcoholic? So I do, but let me explain how I would use the terminology, right? So um, the way I got clean and sober um, the way, as in I've expanded and I've grown, there's a lot of it, but the way I got clean and sober was through 12 step fellowship and through a 12 step, um, rehab center called the Hanley center. That's also very inclusive to many other different, uh, ways of understanding and, and, and knowing and getting, you know, getting healthy within yourself. So when I say the word alcoholic, what I'm really saying is that when I drink alcohol and it goes into my throat, down into the stomach, through the pancreas, into the liver and the kidneys and sending acetones up to my brain, right? The signals to my brain say to me, Ooh, this is good. I want more. I'm in more control. I think I drive better like this. I think I look more handsome like this. You know what I mean? Please give me more, give me more, give me more of that, right? I don't mean it in the sense of what other people's stigmas may be. Now, if I'm speaking to parents or if I'm speaking to loved ones, I will actually tell them that I am a recovered alcoholic, as in I don't suffer from that anymore at all. 
I am a recovered alcoholic. In certain places, let's say certain rooms or certain fellowships, I don't need to label it. I'm, I'll just say I'm Adam and I'm an alcoholic because I'm not. I, I, me saying that ha, is my, like me telling you the way I have gray hair. It's just a fact. It's not something I'm proud of and it's not something I'm disappointed with. It's just a way that my body's wired. I like the way you said um, recovered alcoholic. Um, tiny little bit of information to back that up is my my dad was an alcoholic and he he was in recovery for 10 years. Unfortunately, he did pass away over 10 years ago now. But he used to say he was recovered. He ne- His whole mindset, I am recovered. You hear a lot of people saying I am in recovery. So what what's the kind of difference for you there you know i think there's power in words yeah and i think there are people that don't want to constantly say like so when they say the word alcoholic or addict right whatever um what they're hearing is the disease so they would rather say the flip side of it which is i am in recovery Right. And it's it's a it's a more powerful anchoring statement for them. When I say alcoholic, it, it's truly it's truly like me trying to explain to you how my body is wired when I put alcohol in my system. I don't I don't feel like I'm putting myself down. I don't feel like I'm sitting there telling everybody, oh, I have a disease. Yeah. You know, I truly feel like I'm, I'm explaining to you um, a part of how my body works. You know, and, you know, so if I'm in, I'm in recovery, look, I have a friend that says I'm so-and-so and and I have the gift. Really? You know, I have the gift. So I I just think it's a way of introducing yourself and and trying to let people know that you've been through hell and you came out. It is a gift, sobriety. It is, isn't it? Don't release. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Every single day, honestly, (laughs) I say this in every podcast, I think, but every single day I am grateful for being sober or something happens to me that I think that is because I don't drink anymore. And I love it. It is the very best gift. I hear some people in our members group saying, oh, I I might stop drinking after my birthday. And I'm like sobriety would be the best present ever i wish i could just gift it to absolutely everybody just yeah i want to ask you actually adam about your relationships because you've said about um there was a bit of an intervention to probably drinking so was that family members and how have your relationships changed from stopping drinking well it's so i'll try to summarize everything within 15, 16 years. Now realize I, I, I'll, I'll try to summarize, but there's a lot of growth. Okay. And it all revolves around alcoholism and recovery. So in that intervention was my now ex-wife, my ex-brother and sister-in-law, my mother, and my interventionist. Okay. My father loved me so much. He just couldn't attend. Right. Mm -hmm. And also there were people that were not brought in on purpose because they felt like if I saw them, I'd be like, like you, you, you want me to listen to this guy? Yeah. So in the beginning, 
all of my relationships got better because I was the problem. And now the problem was getting better. Right. So within the first you know, few years, the, all of my relationships got better. But then here's the issue. Recovery, which is the most beautiful word, and we could put it to alcoholism, but you could actually say for people that do cancer and you know, people are recovering all the time and it does affect the whole family. So when one person focuses on the other person and thinks they're sick or they're broken, and now this person gets well, this person doesn't know how to be anymore. Yeah. And if this person doesn't recover with them, and, and that's unfortunately what happened in many of my relationships. I started getting healthier. I started getting clearer. I started getting more well. I continued to take care of my recovery. Number one, always, you know, realizing that without God, without my recovery, without my sobriety, I have nothing. You know what I mean? And that actually gives you a sense of purpose. It gives you a sense of clarity and it gives you a sense of confidence that if somebody else is not on that journey with you, it looks like you're very independent. Like, well, you I was the one that got you sober. No, you, you were the one that intervened, but you didn't get me sober. And, and they don't, people cannot see it like that. So within these beautiful relationships, I've gotten, I have a mentor that I met when I was 13, famous beautiful music rock star that is like my, my, my spiritual dad. I am so close with my parents, right? It's, it's, that's been incredible. I have two beautiful kids that I've, they've never seen me drink. However, I also have a marriage that didn't work. One person continued getting sober. The other one just didn't understand. So I have ex family members, but I also fell in love with somebody new. And the most important thing about relationships is when like right now, you're truly with me. So I'm really present. I'm, re- I'm always myself. I'm not perfect. I sometimes say silly jokes at inappropriate times. Sometimes I'm loud. Sometimes I'm, but you're always with Adam. Always, always with Adam. It's so interesting what you've just said about the, out- like out- the way I'm interpreting this is about outgrowing somebody. Um, and we get, a lot of contact with a lot of people who experience this. And I think that it's quite frightening, isn't it? When you suddenly, when you're sober and you've done all this personal development and all this growth has occurred and all of a sudden you're looking down and I don't mean down in a derogatory way, but you're looking down and backwards and nobody else has moved with you or very few people have moved with you. You can see really clearly a few years on why friendships break down, why marriages break down, why we meet new people. And it's quite a scary place, isn't it? You know, when people ask us, oh, my marriage is struggling, what's going to happen? You know, it's really tempting to say, actually, you're probably not going to stay together. <laughs> but it's too frightening. It's too frightening to see it. How many marriages do we know that break down seriously? Oh, so many. And I'm like minded, actually. Um, so when people kind of talk, and it's a good job I don't do the coaching. So Alex does the coaching. Because when I, when I get these messages of like, oh, me and my husband, my answer is just leave, move on. And I'm like, that's perhaps not the right thing to be saying. <laughs> Oh, is it actually? Well, it's interesting. So one of my uh, dear, dear, you know, mentors at MN I really looked up to, I remember him giving me very clear warnings that if both people aren't in recovery, odds are it's not going to work. Yeah. 
And I just had such broad shoulders. I was like, not me though, you know, like I, I can make anything work. And boy, you know, so my divorce is, is actually one of the most beautiful, humbling experiences I ever had. Oh, that's because there was no infidelity. There was no, you know, it was never that it was truly, you know, I actually look at it as, as, you know, am I going to, to remain broken in somebody's eyes? Like yeah. I'm the problem or am I going to actually finally, you know, say, I mean, I gave you plenty of opportunities to get well, you know, it's so interesting to see when we're people like us are, so, I'm so comfortable in therapy. I'm so comfortable working on myself. I'm so comfortable looking at myself and you don't realize, you know, they're 12 years, 13 years. And then the other person is not comfortable. You know, I could be in the therapist room being like, this is a playground and the other person feels attacked. Yeah. You know, so it was just, you know, it was time. But I suppose if it's not that end of one chapter and start of a new, and you said you've you've since fallen in love again, and yes, yeah, it's incredible. So. And I wasn't looking, you know what I mean? I wasn't looking. That wasn't on my radar. So you know, there's there's just blessings everywhere, everywhere. And again, it goes back to that you know original question about re- relationships and recovery. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a relationship with a woman that truly is like a, a, an equal and a, a partner. And I've never had a true partner. And, um, you know, I can get emotional talking about the relationship, but it just, it's a gift of sobriety for sure. Was this the same in all relationships then, like as well as your marriage? Did other relationships shift as well? Friendships and, you know, employment, did that all change as well? Well, I have to say everything for the better. You know, everything for the better. And I, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I even think divorce is for the better. I'm not saying it was fun, but it was for the better. But everything for the better. Um, So let me give you an example. I, before I started the Hero Project, I was third generation in the number one biggest lace manufacturing company in the world. So it was a family business. The name of it was Metrotech. We made lace like uh, La Perla, Hanky Panky, Victoria's Secrets, fashion, right? Now, my grandfather, who is truly like the starter of it, I don't know if, uh, if you guys have good sports analogies. I would like to give you a sports analogy, but I don't know if you know, do you know American football or? Oh, uh, we, can, we know of it. Go on. Go okay. On. All right. Um, <laughs> so let's just, let's just forget these sports analogies. So my grandfather was the captain of industry. He was amazing, brilliant businessman, brilliant Right. And just and just took the company from here to here, you know, just just from where he started. Then my dad reformulated it and took it from here to like, I can't even. And I had these two ginormous presences to to live up to, which can make you very thirsty. Yeah. When I got clean and sober, what I realized was I didn't have to be him and I didn't have to be him. I could be me. So I was able to run the company in the most beautiful way, a very spiritual way, a very open way, kind of Knights of the Round Table. I mean, everybody in equal, but the final decision was mine. Friendships only got better, also to the point where it would be like people would come to me for help. People would actually start coming to me being like, will you say a prayer for so-and-so? And I'd be like, you can say a prayer to God. They're like, yeah, but it's working for you. It's working for you. So all of my relationships got better. They got more real. I probably, if there's one thing that happened, I'm sure to you guys too, if there's one thing I lost the art of, it's small talk. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, like let's let's have a real conversation or can can we go? Like but otherwise known as talking shit. That's what we yeah. mean. <laughs> yeah. like, I, don't I really struggle with that. It is something and you know, I've never actually had a discussion about this, but small talk for me now, I find it really, really difficult. And I think I, I didn't know whether that was sobriety or age or do you know what I mean? But I do find that very difficult. I I really want to talk to you because you've mentioned it a few times about your spirituality and I'm absolutely loving these pictures behind you um I do really like them I want to I'm talk to you. them now Lisa because we're not doing video here look at them no there we're going to have to because I really like them you know one of the pictures it's freaking me out a little bit but when I first stopped drinking I bought myself some pastels and an art pad and I'm no artist it was just something new that I was trying instead of drinking and I've drawn a picture really similar to the one just over your shoulder with the hands. Yeah, that side, yeah. She can't do left and right, and she definitely can't do it in a mirror view. No, no. (laughs) And I'm going to show you afterwards. Anyway, that's nothing to do with what I want to ask you. But you say, amongst many other things, that you're actually a spiritual trainer. Will you you talk to us about it and explain what that means? Yeah, 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 of course. So, So, look, here's, let me tell you some of the things I have. It's something I still wrestle with, which I think is so funny as my career went like this. Um, I don't know why, but I hate the term life coach. And I was trying to find, create, develop any other word to say what we are. Yeah. Right. Because it's a very saturated market. And, and I used to roll my eyes at it back in the day, to be honest with you, probably because I resist what I am. Right. I used to also roll my eyes if I heard someone went to rehab when I was drinking, like oh, what a quitter, you know, like so. So I was probably I was judging it very harshly because I'm that. Right. Um, but I like the word spiritual trainer for the fact that my spirituality is everything, you know, and, and there's so many different memes and things that you can say, right? So we're human beings uh, or spiritual beings having a human experience that yeah. human beings have a spiritual experience, but truly it is that life force within us. That's very intrinsic and you can have healthy spirituality or unhealthy spirituality. So I remember being taught and it stayed with me because this is, this is what I hand people, right? Is God gave you all the spirituality you ever had. Spirituality is like muscles, right? So let me give you the example. I have all the biceps I'm ever going to need. I can't get more biceps. I can't get more triceps. I can't get another quadriceps. I can't get more deltoid, right? What I can do is what God gave me, I can make it bigger, healthier, faster, stronger, more powerful. I can enhance it. I can nourish it, but I can't get more of it, right? Well, it's the same thing with our spirituality. I can't go to the Himalayas and meditate and get more spiritual. I can't read this book and get more spiritual. What I can do is nourish the spirituality I have to help make it bigger, faster, stronger, more in tune. And that's really what I do with my clients. The thing is, is that it affects every relationship. It affects the relationship with their body. It affects the relationship with their mindset. It affects the relationships with people. It affects the relationship with their careers. It's so interesting when you really focus, when you 
start mastering the spiritual component, how it truly bleeds into every area of your life. So what I really love to do with my clients, especially depending on the age, because I'm always speaking in terms of like the way I see things, is if they understand my generation is really amorphous to their Neo, right? So they're, they're in the matrix. They don't know what's going, they don't realize they're the one, but I'm going to show them their own power, but it could be on Phil Jackson to their Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, or it could be, um, you know, this person to their Superman. But really what I'm doing is I'm taking them on their hero's journey, hyper-focusing on the spirituality. Get back to our chat shortly, but first let us tell you some of the things we offer at Be Sober. Okay, so we don't want to bombard you with everything we do because there's absolutely tons of stuff, which I think you're probably getting to realise now. Um, We'll tell you a little bit on each episode. Anyway, this week we are going to tell you about our 30-day supported sober experiment. As most of you know, we already gift our 30-day sober experiment, which is absolutely amazing. And we know it really helps so many people change their mindset around alcohol. But now we've introduced a supported version and it's running for the first time this month. So this month it's already full. We can't take anyone else on, but we are going to be running it, we think, every single month, at least every other month. So the next one's in June. And the thing about this is, as well as the sober experiment, experiment you get coaching sessions and you get access to your very own be sober coach how amazing is that it is pretty incredible so instead of spending your money getting wasted this weekend have a look at the supported sober experiment it's 30 days that will absolutely change your life so do yourself a favor and invest in yourself Adam, on your website, I had a look actually, and I really related to this one, but you explained it just then about like being the matrix and meditation and about, will you just explain it like you do rather than me trying to say it? (laughs) Yeah, well, sure. Of of course. So absolutely. Absolutely. So there's a lot of truth in that. I think movies that resonate, they resonate because there's a lot of truth. Yeah. That's why I think they, they stick around. Right. I think a lot of these Marvel movies stick around because there's a lot of truth within each one of us. There is this superhero that wants to rise from the ashes. There is this origin story and there are these powers that we all have. So when we watch it, it's it's touching something within us. So when I talk about The Matrix, what I'm trying to say is there are certain scenes in that movie where Keanu Reeves has to take the red pill. Okay, And he goes on this journey of finding out what life is actually really about. And it's not what he thought. Right. And he ends up on on this this ship and his eyes hurt. And he says, why do my eyes hurt? Like, Because you've never used that before. Right. Everything he thought, what it was actually like a hologram. Okay, And he has to be trained, retrained to go back into this world, a new different person with a new set of eyes and new powers, new powers. And when he actually goes back into the matrix life after training, he actually like what goes by like an old Chinese place. He starts laughing and he goes, huh? And like, he's laughing at his old life. Like I used to have, I used to have, they have good noodles. I used to eat there. And I remember, I remember driving by certain restaurants being clean and sober being like, huh? I remember that. 
that, you know what I mean? Like that they have good margaritas there. And what, why I use that movie is such a good template, but really all the Marvel DC movies is that when we awaken the spirit, when we awaken the soul, we truly see life completely different, completely different. And we are all Morpheus or Neo in the matrix. And we have no idea what we're capable of. But for people like me and for people like Neo and for every superhero in the beginning of that movie, it happens to start with a lot of confusion and a lot of emotional pain. Superman, my favorite, he is an alien from another planet. He can't even play with the other kids. It's a lonely existence because if he throws the football, they're going to know this kid's got some unique ability. If he hits somebody, they're going to crush him. If somebody picks on him at school, he can't fight back. When he's sitting with the teachers, he sees through walls and freaks him out. He doesn't know what the hell is wrong with him until he goes on through this journey to realize he's not from this planet. I feel like every single soul, you and us, our little family encounter, feel that way. Why am I so different? What's wrong with me? Why? Can, and it's like, because you haven't learned who you are yet. I wish so much that I'd have met somebody like you to explain it like that at the beginning, because it's taken like I'm just coming up to four years now. And honestly, everything that you say, I'm like, yeah, I was on the edge of my seat then. I nearly fell off. I was so excited um, because it is. It's so true. And you just explain it so well. I love it. I actually um, have just joined your Hero 7 project. So I've got on which is the meditation one. And I loved it because it's it's actually quite similar to mine and Alex's 30-day sober experiment. It's just lovely short videos. So they, they don't go on and on for ages. And today's was um, the meditation. And very early on in my sobriety, I, I that really helped me. It made such a big difference, meditation. And I've forgotten about it. So it was really nice to kind of get that video and think, you know what, Lise, it's time, get back into it. Because when it I meditate, it sometimes you are, it is back to basics. So like that. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We have to go back to them basics. And I just, um, so yeah, I just want you to know that I'm really loving that. I didn't have a question. Well, I do actually tell us about the Hero 7 project. Sure. By the way, first off, thank you. Go ahead. I'm oh. sorry. No, I was just going to say, before you say about the hero project, I just wondered, is the hero thing all about superheroes as well as people? Is that, is that kind yeah. Of so uh, thank you for asking. So it, it's, you know, it's yes. The answer is yes. Um, have, have you guys ever heard about the six basic needs, the six basic human needs? Yeah, but tell everyone again. I'm going to share something with you that I'm not proud of, but I'm human. So it's good to admit you're my flaws, right? Unfortunately, one of my six basic human needs was significance because I was under the, my grandfather and father's shadow for so long that I wanted, when I stepped out into the world and really said, this is who I am and this is what I'm about, I wanted to really reflect me, like reflect me. And I'm a big Superman guy, right? So the, the hero project symbol, right, is the yeah, Superman symbol with a circle in the middle because I'll never forget holding hands in treatment where we all hold hands and, and the circle represents like together, you know, together we're stronger. You know what I mean? When one person lets go, you never know what's gonna happen out there. So it's a circle, 
right? Of all of us united, you see this in many meetings, churches, synagogues, wherever, you hold hands as the circle, we're stronger together within the Superman S. The hero project was, the, real, the reason I call it that is because there are programs, programs that I love and programs that I don't love, right? Programs that I love, something like a 12-step fellowship, right? Or there's a program, I'm, I'm not saying it's good or bad, I have no feeling about it, but let's say like P90X, if the three of us did P90X and we get a CD every day. But here's the thing with the program. The program is not individualized. You are in the program. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in yeah. the same 12 steps for the three of us, if you and I do P90X, the first disc is the same. It doesn't matter male or female. doesn't matter your background causes and conditions. doesn't matter where you are in your fitness journey. We are all going to follow the same program no matter what. I wanted to call this a project because every single client, every single individual is completely different. You know what I mean? So when you come in, you may think you're this, but you, you end up, you end up being the Hulk. And when you come in, you, you think you're this, you know what I mean? But you may end up being Batman and you like, because you don't realize that there are all these causes. And I, I can't tell you, I've had a client that was an orphan and, and alcoholism and addiction, this and that. He had no idea that his origin story sounded just like Bruce Wayne. I've had a female client that like, you know, when you hear her, when, when she went through in her hormones and every, like she truly was the Hulk, like she was enhanced. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, so it, it was a it. lot of, it, like, it was a lot of individuality of like, if I'm going to make my mark in the world, I want it to reflect something that matters to me. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was the significance part. But the project was the word project was very, very personal to me because yeah. I just didn't want anyone to think that I felt like, well, I'm at, I'm the great I am. I have a program if you want to be like me. Right. And join the Adam. Like, no, like, no, 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 no. I'm your mentor. Right. We're going to take this journey together. We're going to hold it and, and we'll find out who you are in the end together. I love it. And you know what else I love? The fact that you did Marvel and DC there. <laughs> I don't know how that was But yeah, I'm a bit of a geek myself here. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. And I think I think we're geeks because we found some serious truths yeah, within, yeah. These, within these, you know, beautiful stories. And all of them, if you realize, you know, are again, you know, pay tribute to Joseph Campbell. All of them have the hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. It's the, it, I like the whole concept of it, the fact that ordinary people can be the heroes of their own lives, the heroes of their own, you know, whatever it is. I, I like the whole concept of it. And we have, just to let everyone know, got the links to everything here in the description of the podcast. So please go and have a little look at Adam. Adam, they, they, we could go on asking you and asking you and asking you, but is there I'm anything? I'm having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I'm like, oh, we're both going. And honestly, the thing is, what, what you won't know and we do know is there's certain aspects of what you talk about that Lisa's like, oh, that I can really relate to that. And there's certain aspects that I can really relate to. So, um, yeah, it, we're both, it's rare. It's rare that you it's get where somebody words. ticks all our boxes for both yeah. of us, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because it is, usually it's like somebody very, very, black and white and scientific like me or very woo-woo like Lisa. We don't ever get anybody who can switch between. So it's quite refreshing. It's nice. I truly, you know, it, but it, what I like about you guys balancing it out is like, I, I truly believe if we go back to the idea, the concept, right, that it is all one and we're all kind of experiencing each other 
right? Like, so science truly does prove the existence of God or creator or higher power or divine or life force. Science does back that up. However, you know, the divine and the life force of it is what gives us the mindset and the brains and the ideas to be able to open up to find it. You know, it's like you can't have one without the other. You know, it's it's you this like duality of life. It's right. You like I I I can't experience life without you. Yeah, yeah. And you can't experience life without me. And I can't understand what sunshine is without nighttime. And I can't experience. I can't understand if you say go left. There must be a right. If you say you go know? left, Lisa could go right. I, I was just going to say that. I will definitely go right. <laughs> right? So it, it, it's like this beautiful dance, this rhythm of life that we get to jump into. So I, I feel like we all kind of check each other's boxes is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely. And it's so lovely to talk to somebody. You know what I love? Just how positive you are about sobriety. And you know, after 15 years as well, when when I hit my three-year soberversary, like last year, and somebody had said to me, how long sober were they, Alex? Were it like... 15 years or something, yeah. It's like 15, 16 years and they wrote and it just keeps getting better. And I felt so good at three years and I'm like, oh my God, it gets even better and better. So I'm so excited to like for the future because 15 years is just such a long time. I appreciate that. And yet I hang out with people with like 50 in 16 years and I see that it gets better. I, I got to tell you what I, so that's a part of me. Like I like leaning into people with more experience. and more yeah. That's just me. Like I have a friend, he's got similar time. He loves hanging out with the younger kids and, and that doesn't make me better than him or him better than me. It really doesn't. Um, but one of the reasons that I wanted to say that was, is that what I, what I've realized about recovery and sobriety is that, just because we, the three of us get more enthusiastic and more passionate about it, it doesn't mean that I don't experience pain. Yeah. yeah. Right. It just means that like, oh my God, I know how to surf these crazy waves now. Yeah. yeah. That used to like destroy me and break my surfboard and break my spirit and never want to go back out in the ocean again. Now I can ride those waves with like the best of them. It's so true. And I love that analogy as well. Before we go on to our last question that we ask our guests, um, is there anything we've missed out that you want to share? Because I would hate for you to go off and think, oh, I should have said this. Oh, um, you know, something that I'm proud of. I I don't, you know, it's interesting. I have to work on certain parts of business, right? Because I love being with people and I love helping and I love interacting. So it's, I'm not good at what is it called? Plugging or. Yeah. but um, I did start, it's been unbelievable and the feedback has been great, but I did start a, an online course called Wake Up Discovery Recovery. And what I did was I found like this little missing gap of people that they didn't really understand what recovery was all about, right? And they didn't know uh, if they have to, how, how low a bottom has to get, or do they have to go to treatment or do they have to go to rehab or do they, do they have to go right to the 12 step rooms or do they have to become religious or what, whatever they didn't even know, or if they didn't even know if they have alcoholism addiction. And I, so I started an online series called wake up 
discover recovery in which I really am Morpheus to them, Morpheus to their Neo and just showing them how we talk, what we talk about, you know what I mean? Maybe they have a problem, maybe they don't going through certain exercises with them and leading them to their own path. Meaning maybe they are like us and maybe they do need serious, serious recovery. Maybe it is time for them to check into a treatment center or see a therapist, or maybe they're just going through a dark time. And they're coming cro- cro- you know, close to that line when you cross over, but they don't really have a problem yet, but they're confused. I just found this missing piece, right? So I figured, why not try to fill it? And it's been great. So if anyone ever is curious about it, it's called Wake Up, Discover Recovery. It's an online course, and I'm proud of it. Oh, you should be as well. It sounds like you found. I wanted you to click again then because you had that so right. I was like, "Wow, he's good!" Like that. Wake up! Yeah. <laughs> you enjoyed it. Before we ask you the last question, I just want to say we. I can't even believe I'm going to say this right, but we hang on afterwards because I really want to show you my picture. I would love to. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Just don't think I'm rude. I may check my phone. I saw that my son was texting me. Oh, but that's yeah. right. I definitely see a picture. Right. So, Lisa, you ask it because it's a good one. Okay. So, our our motto is be brave, be kind, be sober. And what we'd like to ask you is which one do you relate to right now, today, and why? Oh, wow. Be brave, be kind, be sober. Okay. So, today, I would have to say it's be brave. Because, and, and I'll explain why. I believe that kindness came naturally to me. That was not something that I, I struggled with. Some people have very, very rough upbringings where I believe kindness, it could be hard, you know, because they, they were pre-wired to be defensive, to, to, to look out for the attack. I did not, was not raised that way. So kindness comes naturally for me. 15 years clean and sober is one and and, and in recovery is way easier than the first five days. And the first it's way easier. Yeah. You know, so hear that by the way. Yeah. Oh, it's way easier. You know, I give so much credit for the first five days, the first 24 hours, the first 30 days, the first six months, the first nine months, the first year, even the first two years, because boy, oh boy, what a way. But when you get into this rhythm, um, it's a part of me. It's a, it's a part of, it's truly a part of me. So to say sober would be like to say I have five fingers. <laughs> no, like it's, it's a part of, but to be brave, you know, it means speaking my truth all the time. Sometimes when maybe a part of my, a part of me would rather people please, because it doesn't, it, I don't, I don't want to have a confrontation to be brave means okay, I really believe in my cause and what I'm doing. I'm going to have to invest in myself even more. It's funny. You know, people see this and this and this, and they, they see us climb up the ladder of success. You know, they, they think like, it's like, oh, you hit this mark. And it's like, no, once you get this success, you have to invest yourself even more to grow this way. Like it doesn't stop. So you have to continue being great. You know I mean? If you first, if you first bought an online course for $2,500 and it took you from here to here, you don't get to stop there. Then you got to go to the online course that actually is $5,000. It's going to take you to here to here, right? So you have to be brave. You have to be brave to keep realizing that there's more to do. There's more to grow. There's more to be. And I got a lot of work I still have to do on myself. I'll give you an example with being brave. It is very easy for me. Like before, when I wanted to set everything up, 
and you know how technical things are, it's very easy for me to go into a panic state. Like, oh my God, I don't want them to think I'm being rude. The lights aren't going on. The Zoom's not going on. And rather than being like, life's okay, everything's okay. I, I still can go into this. Oh my God, I only have three minutes. I really don't want the girls to think I'm being rude. Right. And it, and it takes, it, I have to be brave to be like, everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. There's plenty of time. It's all going to work out. You know, because I can I can go into some state that's artificial that I'm just used to yeah. like that. You know, a lot of that for me, believe it or not, is there's not enough time or I'm not enough. And once I start really rewiring that. You got to be brave to actually believe a whole set of different rules within your head. Other than that, you go back to the default program, right? You go do the default thoughts, whatever people say. I mean, there's so many default wiring. I mean, there's so many cute ways of saying it nowadays. It doesn't matter who you listen to and who your mentors are. You know what I mean? But it is very easy for me to go back to Clark Kent. Very <laughs> easy. I love how right. you kind of brought that full circle back. Right? I do. I love it. I really do. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, I want you guys to know that it's very easy to go back to Clark Kent. Oh, G shucks. Hi, Lois. You know, like play small. Don't live up. Yeah. You know, like, uh, but, but the truth is, you know, you, you gotta be brave. You gotta be brave and you gotta suit up and show up. You know what? I don't, honestly, I said it a few minutes ago, but really we could talk to you all day. Um, you, you've been an absolute pleasure to interview and I'm sure people are going to want to find out more and check out your links and so on. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for coming onto the podcast. It means a lot to us both. Yes, thank, thank you for you having so me. I, I, listen, I appreciate it. I hope you guys realize that I reached out to you <laughs> because I really love the work. I love the work you're doing. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, you know, let's just remember, let's not get it twisted. Like this, this is a two-way street. <laughs> You know, I, mean, I was I was being a good guest, but I could have asked you a million questions too. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Right, wait there, Alex. You say bye. I'm going getting my picture. Oh, you've left me with the Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and don't forget to follow us or subscribe, and of course, share it with your friends to help spread the be sober love. If you didn't like it, as always, keep it to yourself. And if you do want to find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, besoberofficial.com and the Sober Experiment can be found on Join Our Community. Until next time, be brave, be kind and, and be sober. sober.